Well, boy, oh boy, are we in big trouble right now. Even my worst case forecasts for the start of this year, 2023, from the food crisis situation has actually been blown way out of the water. And no, I am not joking. And that's why you'll understand why we're gonna talk about these items very shortly. But a number of organizations from the United Nations, World Food Program, and about half a dozen of the three or two letter organizations have just started putting out these warnings about, well, let's be blunt, Western countries, what they call the wealthiest countries, and having a coming food crisis as a result of, well, a lot of stuff we're gonna unpack in this video. So what have we got? Food stamps ending, food supply shortages, crop yield losses, soil quality eroding, food banks over capacity, fertilizer shortage as well as gone up 300%. They think it may even double again this year. Rapid food inflation of 50%, very strange weather. Let's just leave that one there. And the average person only has five days or less of food stored at home. What could go wrong with this situation, ladies and gents? Well, we'll find out in today's video. I wanna start by drawing your attention to this graphic on screen then, uh, just to show you the sheer shocking statistics that are now coming out. 18.4% of UK households experience food insecurity in the last month. 18.4%, not you know 0.184% of households, no, 18.4%. 22.5% of school pupils are now eligible for free meals. And by the way, this is the United Kingdom. I'm not talking about some developing nation somewhere around the world. This is the United Kingdom, the sixth richest country in the world. But it's not just the UK, it's also in America. We have the SNAP benefits of the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program about to expire this month in the USA. And some food banks are warning the majority of their clients may not get enough food. They're saying that we're having a lot of working class families coming through now. The increases are just absolutely shocking. Now, if you look at the numbers on this SNAP program, it provided anywhere from $90 to $250 in extra food per household. Now, you take off, call it $100 to $200. In this crisis scenario, and we know what's happening, and this is an absolute recipe for disaster and increased poverty. We're already seeing more homelessness in the US. The, the numbers are increasing at a, just an insane level. And You've probably seen it for yourself. I've witnessed it with my own eyes. The level of homelessness now is absolutely, uh, well, it's saddening to see. In fact, it's so bad that there are certain airports in the US that have now been, well, I don't know if the word designated is, is correct here, but there are now a number of US airports in the US that have become homeless encampments. And that's if you believe CNN or, or Fox News who reported on that. Now over in the UK, campaigners, and this is going to upset some of you, so let me just throw this out there. Campaigners have been calling for a £20 uplift to universal credit, so that's um, for people who receive benefits, to help to buy more food. So just £20, not a lot of money, and the government is being hesitant. They are resisting this £20 but yet 
they're happy to spend £250,000 on a rocket that will get fired once in a war zone. £250,000 for just one of those, and they're sending a lot of these, let's just say that, but £20 to buy some food, and you look at there's 9% of all children now who are going to food banks as well. So 22.5% qualify for free school meals, but only 9% are actually going to food banks. So I'm not going to get into all of the grit of these reports because it is uh, pretty shocking, especially when you sort of see uh, some of the things with the children. But it's actually gotten so bad that many people are calling for a state of emergency to be declared for food in the UK, especially now with this vegetable crisis where the vegetables aren't coming in. This is where we'll get onto these shortly. But there's also now something called warm banks that are popping up all over the UK. There's already 3,500 of these just in the pilot program and they are being used. What is a warm bank? This is for people who cannot heat their homes. They simply cannot afford to heat their homes anymore. So these warm banks have been set up and some of the places even surprised me. So the Royal Opera House in London, the Royal Opera House is now a warm bank. So you can go there, you can get warm if you've, you, know, you don't have heating at home. A lot of these places are giving out bowls of soup as well, providing free Wi-Fi and all sorts of other uh, services, warm tea, for, for example. But even over in the US, one, this is just one US food bank said they served 450,000 people last month, which was a huge increase on the month before. And they are saying that every month it is increasing um, exponentially. Now, another problem with, let's come back to the warmth um, issue here, so the energy bills. In April, remember I talked about this a long time ago, 18 months ago now, I said they're not going to raise this cap again. They're just going to do it temporarily. I don't think they're going to do it again, but we'll see. Let's hope and, and pray that they do continue this cap or they do something to help. The way I see it, if they can be sending huge amounts of money to warfare at the moment, I'm sure that they can afford a little bit of money for food and energy for our own citizens, most vulnerable in society, pensioners. They're actually talking about, uh, a report came out, here it is, over 100,000 people are expected to die. So these are excess, excess deaths this winter if help doesn't come for heating. So this is 2023 through to 2024 winter. So that's an additional 100,000 just from this crisis. So in April, energy bills in the UK are set to increase by 73%, 73% to an average of £4,350 per year for an average household. So for those of you not from the UK, an average household in the in the UK is not like the USA and Canada, these huge houses. An average household is quite small in the UK. It's not five bedrooms or four bedrooms or something like that. It's a lot smaller. So if you think about that from a numbers perspective, that's £362.50 per month for people on top of the food inflation, which we know is about 50%, not 15% or whatever number they're throwing out now on top of as well, mortgage bills or rent bills, on top of all of these other costs. Um, it's getting crazy. I remember not long ago when it was about £100 per month for an average house uh, for electricity and, and heating. 
and now we're talking £362.50. This is insane. We're also having 50 British pubs closing the doors every single month now. So this is what they are claiming is not related to um, you know, financial issues basis and things that happened over the last few years. They're saying this is directly correlated to energy costs. But uh, don't worry because McDonald's is rushing in and taking over all of these pubs. Uh, next, let's look at shortages then. And you'll notice what they're doing at the moment in these supermarkets is where all these shelves are empty of food. They are just putting in loads of extra food to bulk it all out. So visually, psychologically, it looks like there isn't a problem. But if you look a little bit deeper, then you'll see what the issue is here. There are food shortages. I've been warning people about this for two, maybe two and a half years now that this was coming. This is just mathematics and economics. Once you understand how everything works, you understand what's coming next. And that's how I was able to say about vegetables and the greenhouses and the Netherlands and everything else, that we would be in this situation now because of the energy and the fertilizer. One thing I haven't actually mentioned was in the Netherlands that there was a report that came out that said the issue isn't just that the, the farmers there can't afford the natural gas for the greenhouses, but what they found out, because some of them had done long-term contracts, what they realized once they got the energy in the contracts was that they could sell the gas for more of a profit than they could for actually using it to grow veg with none of the work. So that was another issue that's compounded this situation. So the World Food Programme have said that this is a serious global problem that's deteriorating fast and is only going to get worse. They see no end in sight until 2024 or 25 at the earliest. And that's as long as the conflict between Russia and Ukraine finishes. The UK imports 46% of its food with self-sufficiency and about 54% in fresh vegetables and just 16% in fruit. Now, one thing I, I find quite interesting about a lot of the statistics that we're seeing now is I don't know how many of you are sort of my age and, and older, but there was a, a really good show on TV back in the 1980s and it was called Victorian Garden. So drop a comment below if you remember that series. But it was, they, they really struggled to find someone that was a, you know, old school Victorian gardener. They needed to find a walled garden. So the, what, what used to happen was these houses used to have these huge walled gardens and they'd have a lot of gardeners who would grow. These were real expert specialists and they would grow fruit and vegetables right through the year. And this way, the big house would always have fruit and veg. And, and a lot of the excess the workers took home or they might have shared it with other people. But if you look nowadays, most people are not growing any veg. And, and even if, the, and I understand why, the metrics there just don't work when you can buy it for super cheap at the supermarket. And that works well when we're not in a crisis like this. But the problem is a lot of these things people have forgotten. All of this very, because you remember, societies are built upon knowledge and then more knowledge is developed, more knowledge is developed. And look at the sciences and technology and things like that now. And we're even having all these convergences of technology that couldn't have existed without these other technologies all developing at the same time. Well, sometimes you have a loss of this information and we've seen this a lot throughout ancient civilizations where all of this knowledge 
has just been lost or destroyed and everything has to start all over again. And that's actually one of the reasons why I probably have about 50 different books on gardening and farming and all this sort of stuff. Because honestly, I know some of you think I'm a little bit over the top and crazy with these things, but I don't know where the end is. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. I don't know if we're going to go into a massive conflict and you just can't get food, uh, fruit and vegetables brought in anymore. I don't know. No one really knows. We can only guess at this sort of thing. But one thing I do know is that I want to be prepared for these things if they do come down the line. It doesn't make any sense for me not to be prepared. It makes perfect sense for me to prepare. What have I lost by preparing? Nothing at all. What have I gained? Well, I've gained the enjoyment of learning about these things. I've gained the knowledge and I'm prepared if anything does happen. Now, the reason we've got this stuff on here, I want to read out some of the crazy stuff that I was reading today. Well, firstly, we've got an onion shortage, which is these things here, which is, I mean, I've got loads of onions. I, I don't, I've got so many onions that it's ridiculous in my storage right now. And these have lasted for a long, long time and they're still in perfect condition. But we've now got Morocco and Turkey and Kazakhstan and some other countries that are now no longer exporting food. Again, something that we knew was going to happen. The Philippines has ordered an investigation into onion cartels. Yes, onion cartels, as nuts as that sounds. And there was even a, a case of a plane flying in and the cabin crew had were trying to illegally smuggle onions into the country and they, they got caught. I mean, this is just crazy, crazy stuff. But this article was really interesting. I want to read out to you. It says, food shortages, question mark, don't worry, exclamation mark. Here's some alternatives. Guess where this is going? Drop in the comments because you know where this is going. Beef and other meats. Beyond meat. Hmm. Mayonnaise. Vegan mayo. Milk. Soy milk. Okay, soy boys. Cheese. Vegan cheese. Eggs. Beyond egg. Oh gosh. And orange juice. That's why I've got this on the table. Orange juice, have a guess what they've said to supplement this with. You will not believe. So this, oranges, you've got your vitamin C. Mm. Oh, that's so delicious. Not from concentrate, that's fresh. What do they say to replace that with? Cola, yes. And you know which brand of cola they're saying to uh, replace that with. Obviously, because they're exactly the same. They're just as healthy as one another, aren't they? We then got butter. And, you know, the stuff is just crazy. Butter. They send us all these oil-based um, butter alternatives. No thank you to the palm oil for me. And then we move on to the farming aspect then. In 1800, 50% of Americans were farming. 1945, 45% of Americans were growing food in their backyard. And I'm pretty sure it was a higher number than that for the British because there was rationing. But now, um, in 2020, only 0.1% of Americans grow their own food in their backyard. In fact, it's so bad with chemicals and other problems in the US now uh, from these massive agro farms. It's stated about 48 million people in the US get sick every year from chemicals and pesticides and other foodborne diseases due to the way food is now grown on this mass industrial scale because the human body just isn't able to deal with a lot of these compounds. And now we have this new farming bill that they're saying is going to destroy small farmers in the USA. 
And what is the reason for this farming bill? They're saying that the emissions are being caused not by the big agro farmers, but by the small farmers, and they're causing climate change. Again, I think that is absolute nonsense. And what they're trying to do here is just destroy small farmers. Just think about it. It makes no sense whatsoever. How could a small farmer create more emissions than one of these massive farms, these agro farms that pump loads of chemicals and pesticides and destroying the, the soil as well? It doesn't make any sense. Fertilizer last year, $510 per ton. This year, $1,508 per ton. And this year could double again. In the worst case forecast is $3,000 per ton. Now, let me ask you a question. If your food has already gone up by 50% or it's probably a lot more than that in the last two to three years, what do you think honestly is going to happen if the fuel that goes into the, the, the farm vehicles, uh, the pesticides, um, all of the chemicals, all this other stuff is going up in cost. The fertilizer doubles again in price. What do you think is gonna happen to the cost of your food? And this is why I made so many videos saying get stocked up now on some of the longer life food. There's not a lot you can do about vegetables and things, but that's where the videos come in where I said, you know, plant your own garden, start growing now. I started two years ago because I knew it was going to be a learning curve and I was going to make a lot of mistakes. And that's exactly what happened. I lost half of my vegetables last year easily just from mistakes that I made. So this year I know the mistakes not to make. Now, the other thing that's going to happen to small farmers, so there's another article that's come out, Lending, so this is the banking and finance and, and things like that, set to target small farmers who do not comply with ESG policy. Again, we keep coming back to ESG. This is your environmental, social and governance. Here's the question. If the farmers, the small farmers, are already not making much of a profit because the fertilizer and all these other costs and the supermarkets won't pay the amounts they're asking, how on earth are they going to start complying with all of this ESG stuff? They're not. It's not possible. So that's why you've got this new farming bill, because it's going to force out a lot of small farmers. And these people that are so crazy, these politicians and high level leaders, that they think that this is going to stop climate and all the other stuff. It's not. It's, it's just crazy. What you're going to do is you're going to create a food crisis, a hunger crisis globally by these things. Let me ask you, how many of these forecasts over the last three years have been incorrect? How many? Just think about that now, because as I'm asking you this question, you'll start thinking to all these forecasts on um, energy and the conflict and the food and the sanctions and the economy and all these other things. This is going to cause a food crisis. It's going to make it even worse and I remember when people just didn't believe when I said you're going to see shortages of vegetables and all sorts in the supermarket. People thought I was absolutely nuts. They thought I was crazy for saying these things because they just hadn't seen it in, in their lifetime for many younger people. And now they're seeing it, they're blind to it. They act as if, oh, okay, well, it is here, but, you know, it's not a big problem. So, ladies and gents, I will wrap it up there and I'm going to enjoy this lovely glass of orange juice while I still can. Thank you so much for watching today. Take care. God bless you guys. And I'll see you tomorrow for the best video of the week, the walk and talk. Take care.